Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. He's very much in the DAC where I was like, he's grown up. You can get to the playoffs with him. He's a franchise. He's a franchise quarterback. That's right. But that's it. Like he's not spectacular. He's not a winner. He can he's, be. He's made to the playoffs once in four seasons with the Vikings. He is one and two in his postseason in his career. I would say the one thing that Kirk Cousins can always say, and you can never take away from him, he has a better winning percentage at Lambeau than Aaron Rodgers does. I think I, I think I'm right on that. I think I read that. Kirk Cousins has been a great, great. He's really performed well against the Packers. Well, yeah, I mean, so for Vikings fans, that's cool. Is that true? Well, it might be on based on the games played, right? Well, because he didn't play well, at Lambeau minimum. last year, yeah. so he's yeah. probably only is he three? Is he two zero and one? Is he two? Because he they tied he at got Lambeau the tie in two thousand eighteen, right? They tied mm. that season. They he lost won. in twenty nineteen. Kirk That's anyway, an amazing Kirk small sample size yeah. number. That's such a there. small sample. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk was horrendous <laughs> in the 2019 game. I love how he hedged. He's like, I think I read that. Yeah. <laughs> He's a franchise quarterback, but that's it. I, I, oh, it's hilarious. The polarizing discussions <laughs> are just so much fun. Oh, man. All right. Well, this is Mackie and Judd. Daily Minnesota sports entertainment therapy speculation. It's free agency week in the NFL. Carl Anthony Towns just dropped 60 points last night, which we'll talk about. Uh, Judd's hockey show all over the wilds tumbles here over the past month. But let's get into it as you do every Tuesday. Who gets it? Who doesn't? And, boys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start and self-report. Who doesn't get it? Old Macadac. Uh-oh. Phil Mackey himself. Oh, boy. I spent the last three weeks telling you guys, hey, people in and around Brandon Scherf's family, friend circle, are sending me messages saying him and his wife, or his wife and him, he and his wife, you know, Judd, you're the writer. You tell me. They, uh... Yeah. He? The couple. (laughs) The couple would love to, if it worked out, play closer to home, which is Iowa. And uh, you know Kansas City is kind of nearby, but you know they they fixed their offensive line last year, spent a bunch of money on Joe Tooney, so the Minnesota Vikings would be a that he's open to playing for the Minnesota Vikings. And <laughs> I forgot that the Jaguars have seventeen billion dollars in cap space every year, 
And uh, Jacksonville's not very close to Iowa, but uh, when they offer you $52.5 million, including $30 million fully guaranteed, yes. you take it and you fly private back to Des Moines. I think yeah. that's probably the strategy. So he has also a $1 million Pro Bowl bonus for each year he is selected to the Pro Bowl. So uh, I am, I'm sorry for getting anyone excited about Brandon Scherf when the Jaguars just came in with a giant briefcase of cash. All we can do is cash space matters, kids. That's my life. all we can do is pass along what we get as far as reckless speculation tips, right? Yeah, like, we, we we wouldn't if we withheld that information from yes. you guys, we wouldn't be doing our jobs. Exactly right. Reckless I feel like in my previous life at the Strib, the goal was you got a tip and then you researched it, right? Two sources to confirm it, right? Like you secondary. Exactly, and it didn't. You didn't take that scoop out of the oven until it was, you know, ready to go and baked and ready to present. And that's fine. That's that is journalism at its best. And then I got to score north, and things changed. And now, and now it is incumbent upon not just Judd Zolgad, but Declan Goff, Phil Mackey as well, to turn over anything we get. As soon as possible, and just—it's—it's it's almost like it's—it's uh, it's journalism by community, right? Hey, here's a thing. Yes. Just being thrown out. What do you guys don't, think of this? Is this? <laughs> don't you guys love when we we get tweets? Nice journalism work, Mackie. <laughs> you want journalism? Go to the Star Tribune. Exactly. Okay. It's like Go to you know, the Pioneer. Press. You're not upholding your ethical. You've breached your ethical. I f- uh, moral obligation to vet this person. No, no, I just got a tip. I feel like we do a good job, though, of, all right, this is legitimate. Like, this is something yes. that's more trusted. And then we, we always put the reckless speculation, you know, binder on it. But I think the Vikings are finding out, because we're right, perfect world, and a lot, this is what a lot of fans are saying, too, is, well, just bring Kirk back and just give him the help that he needs, right? Bring Kirk back and then yeah. sign a couple offensive linemen and then, you know, sign some defensive players and, okay, well, there is a salary cap. And uh, going into free agency, there's a handful of teams that had like $60 million in cap space. The Jaguars seemingly always one of them. And, uh, you know, when you're Brandon Scherf, that money talks. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what happens. So I'll self-report. And money talks. Mm. Money talks. Cap space talks. Speaking of money matters, you know who does not get it? the Minnesota Vikings, for continuingly going down the defensive tackle route in free agency. Let me read you the money that they have given to defensive tackles since 2020. They gave Michael Pierce a $27 million contract. They gave Dalvin Tomlinson a $19 million contract, or excuse me, a $21 million contract, and they gave now Harrison Phillips 19.5. So 27 plus 21 plus 19.5, my St. Cloud State math tells me, that is $67.5 million that they have put in defensive tackles. Now, I know the length of those contracts don't always get paid out, but that's still a significant sized money that they have prioritized at two positions that they've still not seen results at. The Vikings' rush defense was terrible in 2020. They ranked 27th. They were 26th last year. They continue to put money at positions that really, I'm not going to say they don't matter, because obviously the Vikings were a sieve, right, on, on a rush defense the last two seasons. But $67.5 million in contracts to three defensive tackles? 
what are what wh- what the hell is the point? I think that's foolish you, to be spending you, that much money. So are you saying like the the defensive tackle is a non important position and that they should just like draft guys in the third round or what do you? I would say two things. Yeah, yeah. Try to hit more in the draft, but also sixty seven point five million dollars in defensive tackles. That seems illogical to be spending that much money over the last three off seasons now at a, at a position that you you just aren't good at. In fairness, the first two were one GM, and this is mm-hmm. another GM coming in saying, I don't want Michael Pierce anymore or whatever. He's just like, he's only played a handful of games over two seasons. So I think if it was all one, if it was all Rick Spielman, I would say, okay, well, yeah, dude, what do you, you just signed these two guys, and now you're signing Harrison Phillips. But scheme change, front office change, I draw a line and say, all right, if you guys feel like the incumbent defensive tackles aren't what you want in your new scheme, at Donatel, then okay. Like my argument would be, if you've got limited cap space and guards are flying off the board, fixing the offensive line is right. the top priority. So, like, I side with you from that perspective. But if they want to come in here and blow up some of the old pieces and bring in new pieces and younger pieces, like, oh, I have a hard time getting too mad at them. Yeah, I, I John, don't. What do you What do you think? Yeah. Go ahead, John. I was surprised because of, of the um, prior priority they put on the position. So. I don't have a problem if, if you've got if you're flush with cap space. Yeah, heck yeah, let's go add the let's go add a defensive tackle here, linebacker there, sirloin steak there. Um, but when you don't, I mean, the offensive line's important. But let's cut to, to the chase here. Right now, you don't have you've got one maybe you think starting cornerback, and you can draft one and that's great and start him and that's great. I I hope it works, but. Yeah, when you have as little cap space as as the Vikings have, which, by the way, um, with Pierce being cut and and the new agreement here, I think they're still probably around the cap itself. Like they're not, they they have yet to tell us how they're going to create sufficient room. Well, the, but but they they will like they will. But what they have I have a plan. But, but what I'm saying is, I am surprised. But they're still going to be close. And the fact is, I still, I'm to Deco's point. I'm surprised that they went with the position based on the availability of money. That, that's they, true. So this that. is just sort of a, a an estimation, but they can probably clear enough money for three impactful free agent signings, but mm-hmm. not like Brandon Scherf money, but just three. And Har- I think Harrison Phillips is probably one of them. So if if you've got, and again, this is this is this is loose, but if you've got three units. To upgrade your roster, yep, is Harrison Phillips? Should he be one of them? Right? Should he? And this is probably to Declan's point. Should he be right. one of those three? That's why I agree with Declan. And I don't. I don't know. I need to see it all play out first. I, it's. I feel like it's. It's hard to sit here now and have like definitive opinions because yeah. we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. In fact, you know what? That leads me to my who does not get it, and I don't mean to pick on people, but when this process is done, please do not in a year from now inundate me with tweets if the Vikings sign a bunch of veteran players to one-year contracts and tell me they were really active. What are you talking about? Last year is a perfect example. Dalvin Tomlinson signed a legit free agent, if I'm not mistaken, two-year contract, okay? so And and it's not long-term, but it he, he was paid. Um, the Vikings then signed a series of guys, Patrick Peterson, Xavier Woods. I'm trying to run, run through them in my head, mostly on the defensive side of the ball, to one-year contracts. Those are not impact. Oh, they were active. 
Those are bargain bin. And look, Patrick Peterson in his day was great. So I'm not denigrating him one bit. But he was at a point, and I think remains at at, at a point in his career where he is close to the end and he is signing one-year contracts, and that's fine. The point, though, is if you think that, well, the Vikings went crazy, they signed all these guys, one-year contracts are not being super active. It's filling in needs. There's a difference, in my opinion, between multi-year free agent contracts that address needs and saying, oh, my God, we have no corners. Let's go sign some to one-year contracts. That's not really investing. That's short-term stop gap, uh, basically fixes. Like you're trying to glue things in, right? I'll put some glue here and some glue there. That's not what I consider to be being really active as far as making significant moves. Those yeah, you, are multi-year contracts. Yeah, ideally you're bringing guys in that are going to, you know, sort of be staples for two or three seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're in their prime and absolutely. You know, um, where I will say, I'm, I'll go this route. Where I will say that Quasey gets it on the Harrison Phillips signing is his age. He's 26 years old. Yes, I've kind of wondered. Yep. All right, what are they going to do here? So they're bringing Kirk back. It, does that mean they're just gonna they're just gonna try and pile everything into the next couple seasons? Are they gonna sign you know twenty nine thirty year old free agents that are in win now mode but could go off the cliff at some point? Harrison Phillips is a three year window guy. He's gonna be twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight over the duration of that contract, and so that speaks to more of a longer and long term in the NFL is three years. There is no such thing as like seven year long term visions in the NFL. You better be playing ten years from now, Mackie. Yeah, and so I keep looking at 2023-2024 as an important part of this window because I think that's when you start to look at drafting a quarterback. That's when, you know, I think some of these aging players with big salaries are off your books and you're right. bringing in young players that you've drafted. So I, I'm i not head over heels on the Harrison Phillips contract, uh, which is why I partially side with Declan, but I love that he's 26 years old and uh, if he fits Ed Donatel's plan for turning a bad defense into a competent defense, and I'm, I'm okay with that, too. And I, I think that's where I agree completely on what constitutes a real free agent signing. Like, this is, right? 26, second contract, got paid. When you go out in what essentially becomes, I think, the second wave of this process and sign a 32, 33-year-old player, again, that's a one-year contract. That's not really being in. That's like quick fix, right? Yeah, like, like Bajab Breeland, flawed guys like Bajab Breeland. Exactly. This is a real, legit, um, to your point, long-term move that hopefully works for three three years, and who knows, three years plus maybe. Yeah, all right, back to Declan. All right, I'll say who gets it. It is our guys, our friends, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max Kellerman. Here's what they had to say about Kirk Cousins with Dan Graziano on ESPN oh. Radio yesterday morning. You see, I, I think this is hot news just because from what you said, Dan, but also the fact that Aaron Rodgers is now coming back in the division, and it feels like the Vikings are once again stuck where they always are. I'd say it's hot news for the reason that, um, Dan, you you articulated. It's news in the sense, like, look at this as an example of how to be. Kirk Cousins is an average starting quarterback. Starting from when they started franchising him in Washington, he has made out as though he's one of the best quarterbacks of his generation. So if I'm Lamar Jackson, if I'm Kyler Murray, I don't care if they're giving me a contract extension right now. Bet on myself. Take a couple franchise tags and then go to the market and set records. 
as a uh, dancing Judd gives his little uh, hip shake. I love shake that there. song. Like your like stuff, little song. That's great stuff. What song was that, Judd? I have no idea, but I know the song. Like I know it, and I like it. I have no idea who sings it. I have no idea what it's called, but I don't care. I was dancing. You, to you it. don't. Uh, you didn't get hot in here in two thousand three with with Nelly. You didn't. You that's didn't what do I'm that? saying. Oh yeah, that's yes. I know the song. I don't know who sings it. I don't know what it's called, but yes, I remember it well. So I was uh, I was on the uh, the prom committee or the, no it was the homecoming wow. committee like student council really? homecoming committee in 2003. I could see you being on too. that. Yeah, I can totally see this. And we wanted the theme that year to be hot in here, and and everything it was great. It was be hot in here and uh-huh. it t-shirts. We even had t-shirts printed off and stuff. And then one of the teachers, about a week before homecoming, finally listened to the song. It's like wait a second. The second line of that song is. Take off all your clothes? No, not a bunch of, not a bunch of sixteen, seventeen year olds oh, taking their boy. clothes. So they put the kibosh on hot in here. Wait, so what became of the t-shirts? I don't know. I don't remember. It's a, it's so this is a, so you have twice been in, High so you have twice been involved in in the idea for t-shirts that didn't see the light of day. Yeah, the other one was well, uh, a cease and desist from Dunkin' Donuts for a Roycey and Mackey. Dunkin' Donuts logo shirt. They literally sent a cease and desist, and we had to burn the T-shirts. God, it's like ten years ago. <laughs> uh, but I do think that Max, Jay, Will, Keyshawn, they they talked about the Kirk Cousins contract yesterday on ESPN Radio, and it just it's amazing the amount of money that Kirk has been able to pull here since 2016. This from Spotrack: No quarterback has earned more cash than Kirk Cousins. He's earned even more than Aaron Rodgers. He's earned more than Matt Ryan. $159 million for Kirk Cousins. And QB cash earned since 2016. Rodgers the next closest at 152 So Kirk Cousins. And then you wonder, well, why, why are his teams always nine wins? Why is mm-hmm. he, he literally is an eight-win average quarterback. His career is exactly 59-59-2. Well, it's not his fault. Well, if he's not able to overcome deficiencies created by his high salary and cap number, then it kind of is his fault. He's not worth the value of that contract. He's not actively shipwrecking every game, but, like, it is his fault. It is his fault, but I guess I I would ask this question. Does he care? Because he is breaking the bank. No. Like, it is – I hate to say it, but it's genius. Let's freaking go. Let's freaking go. Oh, God. All right. Who doesn't get it? (laughs) I am going to continue the conversation that Dex started by saying, I think that Max Kellerman does not get get it, and here's why. Taking the Cousins idea sounds great. Like, hey, bet on yourself. Just go bet on yourself. But if I'm Lamar Jackson, Mm -hmm. I play a style of game. I play a style of game in which, God forbid, something could go very wrong quickly. So I know that I can get paid, and it might not be exactly what I want, but I'm going to get paid, right? But I also get insurance. So if I get hurt, I still get paid. If I'm on the last year of my contract and, God forbid, my knee blows out, I'm in huge trouble. So I, I think it's, it's the grace of God that Kirk has been very fortunate. And Kirk plays a game that doesn't probably, I think we can all safely say, lend itself to being hurt, right? Lamar Jackson does, plays a very different game. So I think when you say, hey, follow, that Cousins plan is genius. Be careful what you're saying, because depending on the player, the results could be different. And if you get hurt, you could be, you could be screwed 
far more where if I'm a pocket passer, I probably do take that approach. I actually think Kirk's durability is is one of the more underlooked at, underrated parts about like I'll I'll praise him. He's oh, always available, except it's for the amazing. one time he got COVID, but you know, everybody was getting COVID, Omicron. So you do have to praise him. Like you never when, when you sign him to a contract, you don't have to wonder, oh, is he gonna miss like five games? Now, is he going to get banged up or something? Is he going to be unreliable? Is he going to get arrested? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> going to go on a limb and say, no, he's no. not going to get arrested. Uh, you know who gets it? Our friends at Mayo Clinic. All right. So uh, as, um, as men enter their 30s and 40s, and Declan's entering his 30s, Judd, is, Judd entered his 50s. I'm yeah. in my mid-30s, going to be 37, so I'm like kind of right in this wheelhouse. It might be time to see a, a, a urologist who can just get out in front of this, you know, can help with prostate, urinary health. Uh, physicians at Mayo Clinic Men's Health help men of all ages with issues such as infertility, prostate and bladder conditions, uh, you name it. So it's just it's always good to get out in front of that type of thing if you're entering your 30s and 40s. You can request an appointment at menshealth.mayoclinic.org. That's menshealth.mayoclinic.org. Okay. I, I have a I have a non. Can, do you guys have any other Vikings ones that we can clear out here? Because I actually no. have, I have a non Vikings one. Okay. Nice. Who doesn't get it? I'm going to go with people who wonder why the Twins aren't getting more media coverage. Don't get it. I've got a couple of tweets about that <laughs> over the last couple of days. Like, okay. why haven't you guys talked about already. the Twins more? Or well, the Twins are making a lot of moves. What uh, what's the deal? Why aren't people talking about it? Because the twins haven't earned fans trust enough to just jump right back into talking about them because they made a couple trades. The twins haven't won a playoff game in 18 years. They've squandered some really talented rosters by being complacent at the trade deadline and in free agency. If they start to win again, the buzz will return. But I just I don't think the twins deserve the benefit of the doubt. Just oh, we're all excited about twins baseball again. It's like yeah, Sunny Gray, awesome. I'm a big Gio Urshela guy. I think that's great. Okay, go get Trevor Story. Force people to talk about you and to come to your games and pay money and and bring families to games by being exciting and winning and competing at a high level. So um, ah, just, I'm not not quite there yet with the Twins. Yeah, it's, you it's tough because like if, if they get Trevor Story, I could potentially be all in. I really could. And... I, I put out like my first legitimate twins take tweet over the weekend, and my God, the twins twins take police were out in full force on Sunday because Dex tweets uh, handle was absolutely blowing up with twins fans upset over my Sonny Gray take because I had one incorrect fact that he was not under contract through twenty twenty three, but also oh this guy doesn't get it. Well, dudes. Your ball club has lost 18 consecutive playoff games. You fell on your face in 2021. You have to earn the trust back. And I think these moves so far have been cool. They've been fun to talk about. But there's so much more that this team has to accomplish to get back in the limelight of of Minnesota media and other things as well. Yeah. Uh, I think Judge is, I don't know, Judge's so bored with the Twins. He just just left the conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, He'll do that. Yeah, I think... uh, I think the Twins have to earn people's respect and trust back by winning games. The the people, if you build it, they will come. Right? That's what they That's said. I've heard that. Feel the dreams movie. Uh, let's take a quick pause here because we got to talk about Cat dropping sixty points. Sixty 
points last night, Mackie and Judd. I think people clearly see, you know, how incredibly talented Cat is and what he's able to do. And they also see that, you know, there will be nights where he takes maybe eight, ten shots um, and does whatever else the game needs, you know, and whether it be rebounding, defensive uh, presence in there. Um, and he's, you know, really responsive, responding well to his teammates. And he, he's a, he's a guy that like, like all of us, we need the confidence of our teammates to be our best version of ourselves. So, um, you know, they, they know he's the guy and he can take us to, to these types of performances when we need him most. Okay. So last night I'm wandering around, just doing some stuff around the house. Just, you know, we've had, we have some, the last six weeks have just been like flooding in the basement, nightmares, crap. And uh, I had the game on in the background. I'm like kind of you know moving stuff back in the basement. I hear Dave Benz, <laughs> you know, cat threw one in or something. A fifty points for Carl Anthony Towns, and I was like, what? And then I looked at the the clock. It's like third quarter still. <laughs> what is yeah. happening? Franchise record. It's the first time anyone this season has scored. 60 points in a game. And according to StatMuse, Carl Anthony Towns joins Shaq and Wilt Chamberlain as the only centers in NBA history with a 60 and 15 game. I mean, let's do it. Let's ridiculous. do it. Let's do, do you it. You got it? You got let's, it? I got it. It's stolen. Get the flag. There it is. There's the flag. <laughs> <laughs> Stella. <laughs> Stella's like, what? There's a cat in here? It's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a cat in here. There's a cat dropping 60 points, 17 that's, rebounds. That's right. That's right. On, uh, dropping seven three-pointers. So I didn't know this. I don't know if you guys saw this. So Carl Anthony Towns just tweeted like 20 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was two years to the date that my parents walked into the ER at JFK Medical Center in New Jersey, and were admitted with COVID-19, the same hospital that my mother gave me life, and wow. tragically the same hospital where I saw her life begin to slip away. Wow. Two years later, I walked into AT&T Center with the greatest guardian angel that I could ever ask for and dropped 60 points. And then he added, against awesome. the winningest coach of all time, <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> it's awesome. Necessary, but, good. yeah, he said, I got to say, no matter what life throws at you, you can come out of it stronger. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. Uh, miss you, Mama. This game, my life is for you. So he obviously had that on his mind last night as he was dropping sixty points in an NBA game. But um, I feel like here's my thought, and let me throw this out to you guys and get your thoughts on it. I think he's finally realizing how dominant he is. I think you know he's always been talented, and there's been games like he, you know, Judd and I saw him drop fifty points against the Hawks at Target Center a few years ago. And, um, like, he's always had potential, and he's always you know, he's been a box score guy, and now they're winning games. But last night, and there's been a couple other games here, too, in the last couple months, really felt like, oh, I am unequivocally the best player on the court. There's zero doubt in my mind. I can do literally whatever I want. I can dribble drive to the hoop against double teams and throw one down or get to the free throw line. I can take step-back threes. No hesitation. You know, I don't know that he's ever fully given himself permission to dominate and take over games as much as he has this season with this infrastructure and even more recently. 
What do you guys think? Like, are we are we seeing a guy that is just sort of finally realizing what he's capable of doing in year seven on a basketball court? I feel like the balance that he's reaching, and he's probably not there yet, but he's he's definitely going at a positive rate now. Phil is the balance between maturity and confidence. Um, because to your point, he it now feels like he is fully aware. Like, he's always been told he's great, and I think he knows that he's special, but I don't know that his confidence was was such. And, you know, let's call a spade a spade. Jimmy Butler didn't help him. Um, he's not the type of guy who, who is helped by being dragged down. And so the confidence now, I think, because of him, because of his age, probably because of the fact that this team does seem to have a real genuine chemistry to it. Yeah, I think the chemi- I think the confidence is up. And there's no question, and this is where he's not there yet, so I'm not trying to imply that he is, but he's definitely way ahead of where he was previously. The maturity thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, two, three years back, he was flat out, and look, he's young. I get that. But he was flat out immature. Um, there are still instances where that becomes an issue, but, you know, it's not nearly as often, Right. And it doesn't feel like there's the constant pouting and the constant, um, the constant whining. It's I'm not trying to excuse it because I still do see it at times. Yeah, but did I, it, he did it last night a little bit. Yeah, exactly. But I do think those two things, the confidence is huge. And and look, this is where, and I don't care if he's an all-star or, or not, but the elimination of two guys I think really has helped him. One, Butler didn't work. Butler mocked him. Butler, that that was, you can say, Cat should have been tougher. And you might be right, but he wasn't. And so, like, he's not the, the type of guy who's going to be helped by being mocked. It just doesn't work for him. The other guy, Wiggins. Wiggins sort of gave Cat an excuse for the woe is me wolves, right? Woe is us. Man, things are tough. And that's why I think that, that Rosas did a really good job now, on purpose or not, has done a really good good job. His last act was surrounding Cat with a with a core group yes. that works. Ant is positive, and Ant look he's got problems too at times. But you know what? He's not a powder. He never pouts. He never. I never see him. Woe is me. I'm hurt. My knee hurts. Beverly has been a godsend. Like I can't tell you how much, in my opinion, that Patrick. Beverly helps. So I think it's a combination of things that are getting Cat to a place where there is no question he is now delivering far more consistently on being a superstar than we've ever seen from Carl Anthony Towns before. Yeah, I, I I think to your point there, this has become the perfect situation for him. It's just it's the exact opposite of what it was a few years ago with Tom Thibodeau, Jimmy Butler. Yep. It's a coach who empowers him and and respects him there's a mutual love and respect there between chris finch and carl anthony towns and by the way quick side street we always live in fear with these minnesota sports teams and the timberwolves especially like oh if you fire ryan saunders oh carl carl anthony towns is close with ryan saunders and so you gotta be careful despite the fact that like the wolves are getting smoked every night with ryan saunders as the head coach it doesn't win games you know chris finch came in built a relationship He's a he's an offensive mastermind. They're leading the NBA in points per game, and he's empowering Carl Anthony Towns. And now they have a great relationship, maybe even better than you know. I'm not gonna say better, but like you know, he, he has a great relationship with Ryan too. But don't be a 
win games. Bring in the right players. Bring in the right coaches to win games. And and I think that's what's earned Chris Finch and vice versa this respect. Teammates who love him, a system that runs through him, and uh, it's just it's a joy to watch, man. Like he is. He's gone through a lot of stuff. I think there's a lot of sort of self-inflicted reasons why him and the Timberwolves haven't had team success in the past, but it's fun to watch this whole thing come together and and be centered around him. And then after the game, like teammates coming up and like pouring water on him. Awesome. It's a it's yes. a freaking blast. And right now in the Western Conference, so they're still in the 7. They are 10 games above 500 now. <laughs> they were kind of like, you know, hovering a couple games above and then they went on this run. And they've won, what, nine of their last ten or eight of their last ten or whatever it is. And they are 40-30 and 30 heading into the last 12 games of the regular season. Of course, Denver and Dallas in front of them also keep winning. Denver has won seven of ten. Dallas has won eight of ten. They get two games against Dallas and one game against the Nuggets over these final few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can still catch those teams. They, can, they could still get up to the sixth or the fifth seed and avoid the play-in altogether. And I guess, you know, my final point on this real quick, and then I'll you know, get you guys' thoughts here too, but I used to look at the schedule and I would see, I, well, I would see the bad teams and think, oh my God, how are they going to find, like they always find a way to lose to Orlando for some reason, like, and that happened, of course, a few nights ago. But you look at the schedule and be like, oh God, okay, Milwaukee, Dallas, Phoenix, Dallas, Boston, Toronto, Denver. Oh, seven games. I mean, if they can just like maybe they can like win two or three of those games and kind of hang on for dear life. I look at those games now and say, yeah, they're not going to be favorites in very many of these, but they've gone toe to toe with Phoenix this season. Yeah. They can beat they can beat Dallas in both those games. They can beat Milwaukee. They beat Milwaukee with Giannis and Middleton healthy earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Like they can beat Denver. I don't think they're going to run the table, but. I'm not sitting here like praying that they can only win two games anymore. Like they can go toe to toe with all of these teams. They're going to beat the brakes off the Lakers at home on Wednesday night. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a game where bench players are play- Jake. It's going to be one of those Jake Layman games in the fourth quarter. MVP. Yeah, dude. It's going to be the Lakers are going to quit about halfway through the second quarter, and the Wolves are going to steamroll them. Dude, on they, quit. they quit. They quit a month a ago. Don't worry about it. <laughs> they're not going to. They're, they're not going to show up. So it's, yeah, it is, uh, this is, everyone's still pretty cautious, I think, around this team because, like, oh, we've seen too much with the Timberwolves. We've seen too much, but let your guard down. Let your guard down. Say no more. Flags back out. Dude. Cats dropping 60. D'Lo is the straw that stirs it. Yeah, he is. A little nervous about Jaden McDaniels. A little little injury there. A little nervous, but. Mm-hmm. It's a fun mm. team, though. You are. It is. You're a, yeah. I, th- Any thoughts on Jaden McDaniels, Judd? Jaden McDaniels? I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. You know really? why? Because this is a. Wow. No. Mm, sorry, Declan. Declan texted in a write that down prediction nope. last night for the, the judge and jury and said, I bet you, Judd, write this down. No. Freaks out about the Jaden McDaniels ankle turn unnecessarily being in that game uh, in a blowout at the end. Oh um, no, because that would that would require me to rip Finchy, and Finchy and I we are the same age. Basically, we are like brothers. Finchy, don't go down. I'm not going to rip him. No, I am, I am Finchie, shocked. 
Finchy, you know what? You know what? Finchy deserves shocked. Finchy deserves votes for coach of the year. Oh, that's hilarious. Declan, you basically projected yeah. onto me your your <laughs> outrage because Jade McDaniels no. is your guy. Yeah, he is my dude. Because I'm not worried about it. John, no, no, you, no, no. You have been complaining about John Merrill <laughs> playing significant minutes with the Wild. I thought this would set you off. No, John Merrill's struggling. Oh, no, no, no. Tangent. No, no, John Merrill, I I don't like him playing as much as he has to play because he's struggling. Look, Finchie, as far as I'm concerned, gets votes. Coach of the year. Gerson Rosas, as far as I'm concerned, gets votes. NBA executive of the year. These guys have done a good job. No, uh, I'm celebrating. Updating the batting averages here, Dex. I'm celebrating the Timberwolves. Allow me to celebrate. Allow me to now. celebrate the Minnesota Timberwolves for the first time in, in as we as we push for the playoffs and eventually pushing for the playoffs pushing for the playoffs we're pushing for the playoffs you know what we really need hold on hold on I gotta find it bring me the flag back thank you there we go look at look at how easily it flies now smoking teams you know. Let me tell you right now, tickets will go on sale at some point soon, I'm sure, for a postseason run. And let me tell you, too, I hope that you vote eventually for the new arena that we need so badly to house a state-of-the-art palace (laughs) to house this basketball team. Hey, you know who's not suffering from performance problems? The Minnesota Timberwolves. But if you are... Valley Park Medical Clinic uh, yeah. is dedicated to providing breakthrough ED remedies to men in the greater Twin Cities area. Their approach is medical. You will meet with a medical provider who will review your medical history, examine you, and supervise your treatments. The treatments are surgery-free, drug-free, and non-invasive. Valley Park Medical Clinic, the team is highly trained. I like I, That makes me feel better than if it was like they're moderately trained. But trust they, them. They went to a lot of night school. These <laughs> yeah. guys were going to night school. No, they are highly trained, and I they know. work with you in a discreet manner and make you feel at home. ValleyParkMedicalClinic.com. Because everybody needs help at some point in time. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like the Wolves did too, right? The Wolves got some Chris Finch treatment, man. Here are, exactly. the, here are the scores of the Timberwolves' last, like, 10 games. 127 points. 129, 138, 135, 124, 132. The loss to Orlando, uh, 110. 113 in a grind game against Miami. And then 149 against San Antonio last night. Yeah. Ridiculous. You have to score 130 to have a chance to beat this team right now. Beating the breaks off teams. It's fun. What do you guys think of uh, Mark? So Mark Laurie's style as a, a part owner here. He And he travels to all these games like, He's yep. in San Antonio. He's in Miami. He's just bouncing around. You know, that's when you're worth a billion dollars. You just puddle jump with jets. It's great. <laughs> but he's kind of like, he's kind of got the Mark Cuban thing where he sits right by the bench and he's cheering and high-fiving. He's not complaining to officials yet because I don't think he, like, self-admittedly, he does not know that much about basketball yet. He's been learning this season. Yeah. But he's got, like, he was holding up a pair of sneakers behind the bench and high-fiving Carl Anthony Towns. Like, do you like that Mark Laurie is going to potentially be a Mark Cuban like presence, or would you rather have the low key? Oh, you know, Glenn no. Taylor in a sweater. No, I like this a lot. No, this, it's great. This will be way more fun. Um, that's a league that really, really, I think, embraces that style. 
Um, no, I am. And look, the thing it, it's too is, and that, you know, when, when Dukes told us that he asked Glenn, what, two weeks ago now? So is the sale on track? And Glenn, like, basically gave a non-answer. I was like, no, don't do that. Because I am looking forward to, like, this feels like we are, we are just starting to emerge from the muck of Wolves basketball. Yeah. Like, let's know. I want, I want this guy, if he wants to sit courtside behind the bench, I don't give a day. on the bench. I don't care. I think it's, I think that seeing an updated Wolves 2.0 with an enthusiastic young guy who owns the, the team and probably has opinions, great fun. I am all in on, like, to me, this is just the start. Yeah. Not, not like, oh, this is great. This is fun. But do you, I mean, Phil, you more than most know the absolute crap that we have watched for how long? Like, it's not supposed to be this way. I count, by the way, that season four years ago or whenever it was, three years ago, the year yes. where they, they, you know, the, the game 82 and they beat the Nuggets and they went to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I count that among the crap because that was not an enjoyable season. Yeah, it was, it was it, there was turmoil. Yeah. You knew that there was tension among the players. You knew that it wasn't sustainable, that something had to give. Jimmy Butler and Cat didn't like each other. So, like, yeah. yeah, it was kind of fun watching them win games, but it wasn't deep down. You knew that this isn't a long term thing. So I, I almost count that among the 17 years of crap. It was, a, la- it was a mirage. When's the last time that you felt as a big time Wolves fan that the franchise itself was like in a good place? Um. Well, I mean, like probably when they were in you know Game Six of the Western Conference Finals. I, I well, I think I felt like it was in a good spot. Mm-hmm. That's not true because I felt like it was in a good spot about ten years ago when they were and they. It's funny because they were still below five hundred even at their best with Rubio and Pekovic and Kevin Love when Kevin Love was putting up just ridiculous numbers every season. Sure, the, their best season was like forty and forty two. And I, I think the year that they finished just below 500, they missed the playoffs by a handful of games, and they had a positive point differential, and their expected win-loss record was like 49 or 50 wins, but they just kept losing games at the end and blowing 20-point leads. Yeah. It's classic Timberwolves. And the other thing I was thinking about watching, I know you guys got to get to Doogie here, so just one more thought on this, and we can talk plenty more Wolves, but the San Antonio Spurs are... I think a great example of just how the tides change in sports that, you know, they've missed the playoffs now for the third consecutive year, barring a miracle at the end of the season, they were this dynasty. They lose some hall of fame players and their coach is aging out. And now they're going to kind of go into this little reset. Well, I don't think they're going to be garbage for 10 years, but things ebb and flow. And at some point the Timberwolves will be back to, 10 years of playoff contention and relevance. And I, I feel like we're entering that again here. Like they were in the playoffs for eight or nine straight years with Kevin Garnett. And, you know, they didn't make as much noise as you would have hoped, but it, it, it has seemed bleak for almost two decades, but it feels like they are now entering a period where they're going to be playoff contenders and they're going to potentially make some noise. And the question will then shift to how much damage can they do? This, you know, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> the mic just popped out. Amazing. Oh, it's hilarious. So yeah, just drinking Wolf's Kool Aid over here. Howl's watching Cat drop sixty points. Does Mike still points? work? Ridiculous. Yeah. You're good. Okay. Stay good. on. Yep. Stay good. On. 
this thing on? Yep. Hello. Check, 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 check. All right. All right. We got a, while we were doing that, two more guards came off the board in free agency. So (laughs) stay tuned to purple daily this week to see uh, which, which bargain bin free agent guard. The Vikings wind up. Will we have heard of him? That becomes the game. Who Andrew Whitworth retired too. Yep. That's not shocking. He gone. Oh, good for him. He's about 40. He's an old man. Great guy, though. What a great guy. All right, that's Mackie and Judd. Please click the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel. And if you could give us a five-star review and a positive rating on uh, Apple Podcasts to help us spread the word about this Minnesota sports community. We'll see you guys for Write That Down on Wednesday tomorrow. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.